Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion, to which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because they anchor us in something which can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. This is John chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Mary. Wasn't it great hearing from Mary, you guys? Come on. Love that voice. Uh, Well, some scripture portions like last week are so confounding that they require a deep dive into all the juicy nuggets, including the Berninator. (laughs) Others like this week are so profound that they demand that we get as focused and simple as possible. So you guys, we're only going to do one verse today. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. And we might not even be able to do that there's a lot of weird verses in even in the john three i mean not to mention the numbers too god sending poisonous snakes let's just consider i'm not saying it's for sure but let's just consider that back in the bronze age when this was being written that that was the assumption of where the snakes came from because that's what the gods did all the time they sent snakes to bite people Because that's what people thought back then. Is it true? For sure. Maybe. But maybe it's just the perspective that the people had. So that's one way (laughs) of dealing with passages that that say that God sent poisonous snakes to bite people and kill them. Accept that, reject that, do whatever you want to do with that. 
It's just one perspective. The verse that we're going to do today is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever should believe in him may not perish, but have eternal life. So let's go bit by bit. For God so loved the world. The word for world there is cosmos. (laughs) For God so loved the cosmos, the entire thing, all of creation all that we can see, all that we can't see, all that's still being created. Can I get an amen for that? For God so loved the cosmos. And when I looked at the word in the Greek, it's funny, actually. It says the world, the universe, the inhabitants of the earth. And then it has this phrase that I wish we could have named our church this. And the phrase is the ungodly multitude. (laughs) The ungodly multitude. I think I was in a band in middle school called the ungodly multitude. Oh my, the whole mass of humanity who's alienated from God. Ah. So God loves those people. Reminds me of this church. I think it was in Denver called the scum of the earth. Am I right about that, Allie? Yeah. Am I saying that right? They were in Denver. What a great name. Uh, Anyway, so uh, because you, all of you, and all of you who aren't listening belong to the cosmos, this of course means that you are loved just as you are and not as you should be, as the great saint and the late Brendan Manning used to say. You are my beloved, God told Jesus at the beginning of this Lenten journey as Jesus came up out of the waters of baptism before he had done anything. And then he said "You, this, on you my favor rests. So this, first and foremost, is a passage about God's love. Now, there's all different kinds of love. The Greeks believed in six different dimensions of love. Six, not four. I grew up believing it was four, but it's six, at least. There's a familial kind of love. There's an erotic love. There's self-love, which can go narcissistic or really healthy. There's a deep friendship kind of love. Uh, There's a love marked by infatuation. Can I get some snaps for that lovely kind of love? Woo, that's a fun kind of love. And then there is agape love, the kind of love that's unconditional. Uh, And that's the kind of love that God has for the cosmos, an unconditional love. God loves every single person who has ever lived with the kind of love that can neither grow nor diminish. It's infinite and inexhaustible. You are my beloved, God says to each of us. On you, my favor rests. Now, confession, I've spent my entire life, I'm 50 now, and I somehow like to say that, like I'm bragging about reaching 50 years. Like now I'm 50. So now I have something to say. (laughs) Not true necessarily, but just the noticing. My whole life I've spent trying to earn the love and favor that God gave to Jesus freely. Uh, I've become an expert in transforming myself into whatever version of myself that I intuit or am told uh, that it's going to make me lovable or acceptable, accepted or acceptable. And even when I get a feeling of being liked and favored, um, when I am acting 
out of that chameleon self because I've sort of intuited what was necessary to be loved and favored. It doesn't last very long. Do you know what I mean by that, you guys? Have you ever been in that place where like, even when you get that love, even when you get that affirmation, even when you get that yes, it's fleeting because it wasn't really you that got the yes. Have you ever, have you ever gotten in touch with that? With that kind of fleeting love? Woo. So here's my first all play question. All right, friends. Here's my first all play question. All plays are designed to hear the voice of the chorus, not just the solo. And for those of you who are new around here, we've been doing all plays since the beginning of Genesis. Of course, that used to be in person. People would just shout out the answers. Now we get even more answers because people can think about it and type them. So that's super fun. So here's the all play. Why do we try to earn love? Why do we try to earn love? What do you think? To belong, Pam. Yeah, yes. Is there a love that revolves around Oreos? Nate Baker says 100%. Uh, um, to belong, we think we can. Sorry, typo. It makes us feel important. Yes. For Michelle, TJ, we feel like everything is supposed to be transactional. Yes. Oh, that's really good. Uh, Elizabeth, we think we can't get it if we don't earn it. Yes. Bob slash admin, uh, we do not believe that we're worthy of being loved. Yep. Will, because then my efforts to earn it would make me good. Yes. Nico and or Regan, fear of what happens if we aren't loved oh yeah i think it's rooted in fear big time john we measure our value by how loved we are i had a friend that said it's like live life in a line and to our left are the people that are less lovable than we are and we're doing better than to our right are people that are better than us and we have to earn their pleasure or love um Nate, because we were created to be recipients of love, and something is off if we don't have it, so we try to create it. Woo, I like that, man. Let that one sink in. Uh, Victoria, uh, from Victoria's husband, Dave. We don't, don't try to earn it, seek it. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, from Mir, we need love and belonging to survive. We want to control the certainty of our survival. Woo! She has a great voice and she's smart. Uh, okay, Laura, to survive. And yes, Mary, so she's typing out surviving as, uh, as she's reading Mary. Uh, and then, yeah, I get it, Mary. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons, I think, but we, because we need love and survival and because even in the best of families, the conditions for love move, you know? Because we're just we're 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 human, so we like we're we're going around our families with like that dog shot collar, you know. But the boundaries keep moving, so we don't know like when when we we get familiar with what the boundaries are and what we can and can't do to be loved, and then but then those boundaries move, and so zap. And depending on how healthy or unhealthy your family is, 
you get to be very, very intuitive and smart about what it's going to take to get that kind of love um, because you need it for survival. From Rexanne, it's what makes us whole. Yes, there's a knowing in us that we need it. Yes, yes, yes. So for God so loved the world, okay, we got that, the whole cosmos, everything in it, everyone who's ever lived and everything that's ever been a part of the cosmos, God has loved. That God gave her only son. So here's another all play. Don't think too hard about this, okay? Just what, but what do you hear tangibly when you hear that phrase? That God gave God's only son. What do you hear tangibly? What does that mean for you? It's a gift, Will. Yes, that God gave. Danny Cook hears sacrifice. Yes, that God gave God's only son. What do you hear? What, what images come to your mind? What words come to your mind? That God doesn't have his son anymore. Yeah, that's, there's a bit of a problem with that, right, Nate? You know, that God loved us so much that God had to give up God's only son. Bob, I'm not able to give up my only son. Neither am I. I have three of them. Um, I mean, there there are moments where, you know, I feel, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. They're not even listening anyway. They're outside playing. Uh, I feel bad for God. Yes, from the Grangers in their Jeep heading on vacation. What else? This is good, you guys. That God gave God's only son. What do you hear in that? You hear, I hear loss in that. I hear sacrifice in that. But God chose, Linda says, to give. Yes, yes, yes. Nico and Regan, there's a cost to that. Yes. Uh, you hear generosity, Nate. Yes. So there's God that loves is a God that gives. This God that loves is a God that gives. So just because it's interesting, I'd like to invite you to try to see this idea that God gave God's only son apart from the idea of like the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Try to see it from a different perspective. No, I'm not saying it's not that, but I want you to see it. I want you to try to see it from a different perspective if you can. So the word forgave, the Greek word, nerd alert, Greek word, nerd alert is didomai. It means to give forth from oneself, or it means to cause to come forth. That's the word give, to cause to come forth. So the idea is there's something that's in you that's going to come out. There's something that's already in you that's going to come forth as a gift, but it's come coming from one essence to another. Now, interestingly, there's a similar word in Hebrew. Hebrew, word alert, nerd alert. Oh my gosh, I need to stop. And it shows up in Genesis 1, verses 11 and 12. And the word is yasa. And it also means to come or go forth. It means to come out of. So I'm going to read the words. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation. And the word put forth is yasa. Let the 
then God said, let the earth yasa, vegetation, plants, yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. Then the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. Now, interesting story. Seven years ago, when I was in church planter training, they had us go around and make these big white sheets of paper with our church's name on it, our church's vision statement on it. And then they made us have like a verse that would go along with what our church was really all about. So like there was like Grace Church and it was all about, you know, the, the verse was Ephesians, you know, 2, 8, and 9, for it's by grace that you, you're saved through faith. And then at, so we were staring at like 20 of these sheets of paper and then they gave us these little red dots and green dots and yellow dots. And they wanted to make us sharpen our, our, our image, you know, like sharpen your name, sharpen your verse, sharpen your vision. And so they, they had us go around and put like green dots on the names and the verses and the vision statements that we thought made sense and were really good. Yellow, a little bit unclear and red, like that's not going to work. That's not going to be clear. And so for Genesis, of course, it was Gen our name was Genesis. <laughs> and <laughs> our, um, our vision was joining God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere. Those got, those got greens, actually. But our verse was this one, Genesis 1, 11, and 12. <laughs> and it just got red, red, red. You can't have a verse from the Old Testament in, about vegetation. What are you guys gardeners and i'm like yes we are <laughs> anyway so that's just that's that's an aside but this verse these verses genesis 1 11 and 12 to put for the earth, let the earth put forth vegetation there's this rabbi rabbi allen that used to work with us in the very beginning and he gave us a definition of the word good which is tov and it comes right out of these verses and god saw that it was good and he said basically this, tov is an idea that, that is expressed that that which comes forth from within something, carrying future life within it. So what is good, according to the Bible, is that which has life in it when they bring it forth, okay? When they yasa it, when they did oh my it so the life is already existing just like in genesis 1 11 and 12 and, the, and those vegetation what do we see we see the plants but we also see the seeds within those plants now here's an all play question don't think too hard about it what's going to happen to those seeds that are inside those plants what's going to happen to those seeds that are inside those plants don't think too hard they will burst forth, Bob, yes, and do what? New life, Pam, yes. So the, the idea of good is when something that has life carries future life within it and brings it forth. So they spread, Michelle, yes, 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 and, and catching up, the Wenex, yes, <laughs> stars, all that stuff. Thank you, Dr. Seuss fans. Um, Nate. External processing, it strikes me that my construct of love often revolves around holding on to something to the death. Love seems to have become about holding on instead of giving. Yes, and it's because we are afraid. It's all about fear, right? But the idea of good in the Bible and the idea of bringing forth or putting forth or giving forth 
is all about that there is life within life and the only way for new life to spread is for that life to come forth. And so when we read in Genesis 1.11, let the earth put forth vegetation, we see that that's good. When we read in John 3.16 that God gave, God gave forth God's only son, can you see the connection, people, please? John 1, John 2, John 3, and John 4 is all about a new creation that God is giving birth to and loving. And it's beautiful. So uh, there was this time where my four-year-old son, uh, Elijah, he's 11 now, he's almost 12, but he, he came up to me holding an acorn and he goes, dad, look at this, dad, look at this. He goes, dad, you know what this is? I go, yeah, it's an acorn. He goes, no, dad, it's an oak tree. It's an oak tree. That's the idea of good. That's the idea of tov. That's the idea of life coming forth from something whose nature it is to give it, right? Oak trees drop acorns. Why? Because someone makes them? Because someone says, if you don't drop those acorns, I'm going to be mad at you. <laughs> no, <laughs> because it's their nature. God gave... And the only way that we can understand God giving of God's self is by using language of like God's son. But really, because it's in God's nature to love and give, God just acts according to God's nature, acts according to her nature, and gives life, right? So the earth that God created, yasad, it put forth vegetation, fruits and plants and nuts that we can hold and touch and eat, and they contain seeds, right? Future life within them so that the original plants and seeds and nuts would keep producing fruit and life that we could enjoy, that we can hold and touch and eat and say they're beautiful, right? So we can experience God's amazing love for us by enjoying these gifts of food and beauty. Amen? This is one of the ways that we can tangibly experience God's love is by holding on to that coconut, <laughs> cracking it open. Have you ever had coconut syrup, you guys? Have you ever had coconut syrup? It is a majestic thing of beauty. Oh my goodness. Um, have, when's the last time you had a mango? Does anyone love mangoes? Mangoes, come on people. When was the last time you had a really good glass of wine? Come on people, that's fruit. That's from the earth, that's yasa. It comes to us because of this principle Yasa, which is so much deeper than just fruit and trees, right? Because the earth that God created also Yasad people, right? Straight white men and transgender black women and every possible variation in between. God's earth Yasad people. And we can see and enjoy God's love and goodness by listening to those people and all their diversity and variety, by loving those people, by allowing ourselves to be loved by those people. Again, white, straight, cis men and black, transgender women and everything in between. 
we can experience God's great love by loving God's great people and by allowing ourselves to be loved by people. Whew. So let's go to the, the third little statement. Um, For God so loved the world that he gave God's only son so that everyone who believes may not perish, but have eternal life. This is what John wrote in the first chapter, which really is such, and of John 1 and Genesis 1, as we've talked about before, are such parallels. But John wrote this. Now, this is bizarre, but it's beautiful. Talking about this new creation, all things came into being through him, the Christ. And without him, the Christ, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Now, thinking about Yasa, thinking about Didomai, thinking about God giving, thinking about Tov, what does that sound like, you guys? All things came into being through him, and in him was life. In him sounds like birth. Yes. And I'm just uh, catching up here. My maple sap is dripping into five-gallon pails as we speak, Bob. Yes. Jonah, they will germinate by passing through the digestive tracts of things that eat the fruit. Yes, they spread. Um, Bob, God loves even those who do not believe. Yes. Enoch, I could use your advice. I'm out of evaporate. <laughs> okay, so Bob and Enoch, you guys got to get together and make sure this maple stuff happens. But Will, it sounds like birth. And it sounds like goodness. It sounds like Tove. It sounds like Genesis 1. It sounds like vegetation. It, it sounds like the love that gives, right? And this is in Ephesians, or this is in John 1. And the light that shines in the darkness, the darkness doesn't overcome it. Now, you can think about that in terms of like Jesus, the light in the world, the darkness, but you can also think about it like this, you guys, Jesus hidden within us and our darkness, whatever it is, and let's be real, there is, uh, is not, cannot be, the, the light is not overcome by it. God's great love comes to us. Uh, even in our darkness, even in our unbelief, even in our refusing, even in our running away, because all things came into being through him. And in him was life. And we came into being, we yasad from the Christ. And Christ is hidden in us. And if you think I'm making that up, Paul put it this way in Colossians 3, 3, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So if we, Yasad, if we came forth or came into being from Christ, then here's the truth. We are God's beloved as our birthright. It's our identity. We can no longer reject it. We can no more reject it than we could reject our own birthright. We can try to run away from it like the prodigal son. We can try to refuse to accept it like the older brother, but God's love transcends both the running and the refusing. Can I get an amen on that? We can try to earn it through perfection like the apostle Paul, or we can try to sabotage it through adultery like King David, but God's love transcends the perfectionism 
and the sabotaging because it is God's nature to love and give and because we came forth from God. Ultimately, this is about a point of reference thing. If we are afraid that the boundaries of love keep moving and our dog collars are going to keep getting shocked, God's love is different than that. The point of reference for God's love it is that it is fixed, it is immovable, and it's not going anywhere. That's the absolute and radical truth. That's the goodness of God's love because we issued forth from God. And listen to this, you guys. If God gave, if God brought forth God's only son, then Jesus is the tove of God. Amen? Jesus issued forth from God. Jesus is the more life, that the seeds that were dropped by God as a great human experiment because God wanted to be touched and felt and held and loved by humans. So Jesus is God's great tove and he is hidden with us, within us. And what else could the Eucharist mean? This is my body, take and eat. This is my blood, take and drink. This is a tangible sacrament or reminder that he will yasa from us because we have taken him in the Christ. We've taken the Christ in and the Christ will issue forth from us. Bob love God agape is, is perfect. Love is not able to not love everything in the cosmos. Exactly. This is what my heart tells me. Yes, Bob. It's also what the Bible tells you to be super pedantic about it. The Bible says it. That God loves the entire cosmos, whether they love God back, whether they believe God back or not. This is our birthright. We say this every week. This is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love God and for those who want to love God more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you who have not been here long you who have tried to follow and you who have failed come because it is the Lord who invites you. It is God's nature. It is God's yasa because you have issued forth from God. God invites you back to the table time and time again. It's God's will that those who want God should meet God here. Uh, meeting God and being with God and uniting with God. is not about believing the right things. It's about being hungry. Amen. It's about being hungry and thirsty. Anyone who's hungry and thirsty can come to the table that is the Lord's. And that is good news. Amen. It's good news. Nate, so much of talk within Christianity has become about how to be faithful to God. Yes, rather than God's faithfulness to us. One of my friends years ago, he was the director of Youth for Christ. Remember that organization, Youth for Christ? And he was kind of bragging about it to this older guy, this kind of mentor guy. You know how you do, you kind of like name drop a little bit and you kind of humble brag what you do. And he was like, yeah. He said, you know, I'm the, I'm the director of Youth for Christ. And the old guy, the older guy kind of scratched his head and he goes, huh, Youth for Christ? Hmm, I don't know any youth that are for Christ. I know a Christ that's for youth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Nate, I'm just underlining what you said. God is faithful to 
us because we issued forth from God because we are God's people and nothing can take that away. So, so God's perfect love is revealed by a million different things. And Jesus is the capstone of that. So as we close, um, how do you practice that? Like, how do you practice being the beloved? You know, because my fear gets all caught up and my, oh, the boundaries get all redrawn and I get hurt and I hurt people and then I get lost. And so how do you practice being the beloved? I think, you know, you could try a breath prayer or mantra and it just like, I am hidden with Christ in God. Breathe that in, breathe it out. I am hidden with Christ in God. Return to that breath whenever you find yourself running away from God's love, running toward earning it again, which I do all the time. Um, you can go for a walk and you can look for seeds on the ground and, and you can look for in the next you know few weeks the buds that burst out from the trees and you can say that is the character of god i will burst forth just like these trees birth burst forth because i come from god whatever i'm going through right now uh, i will burst forth um with help with you know doing the kind of work sometimes that we need to do but god will god will bring me forth um, the next time you eat good food, you can feel gratitude and you can hold up the food, you know, in your hands and say, this is good. This is from God. This is a blessing for us. Um, maybe if you've been feeling pain and anguish and loneliness, and I'll be honest, those have been some of my emotions lately, just pain and loneliness and some anguish. And I try to avoid that because it feels terrible to feel those feelings. But I'm trying to learn to go to God with that pain and anguish and loneliness. And this poem from Rainer Maria Rilke, I am praying again, awesome one. You hear me again as words from the depths of me rush toward you in the wind. Hmm. I am praying again, awesome one. You hear me again as words from the depths of me rush toward you in the wind. Bring that anguish to God. Bring that loneliness and isolation to God. As honest, raw, unedited as you can. If you want to read a raw book, whoo, Brandon Manning's final book, All His Grace, uh, is utterly powerful. <laughs> I don't know what other word to say. Um, so those are some practices. Uh, I didn't want to leave you just with ideas. I'm sure you could come up with a million other practices. Um, Laura, breathe and recognize the breath was the first thing that God gave. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks, Laura. So beautiful. Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any, any questions or would, or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.